You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. You were at Austin City Limits. It was. I was there. Did and, you see uh, Lenny Kravitz? No. I was... know you guys are being Lenny Kravitz fans. <laughs> you know me. I'm crazy for I want my to little get baby. Away. I want to get away. That's pretty he just much does Lenny warmed Kravitz. over remakes of older, better songs. Lenny Kravitz just any song that requires you to repeat the chorus 28 <laughs> times, like the worst song in existence. You know, I gotta fly. His American Woman cover. Gotta get away. Oh my God, the worst song. You know what ever. I like about uh, that that one cover? I think it's the. And it sounds nigh identical to the original. <laughs> Which, if you like the original, I guess you'll like his version. Oh, Except right in the middle of it, I like he does a very un Lenny Kravitz like, uh, yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like he's going through puberty right there on the mics. Marty McFly. Yeah. <laughs> he takes the mic again. Yeah. So catch me up because we missed Jesus. last week. Yeah. Sorry about I'm apologizing to you, Joe, and I'm apologizing to our listeners for the, the last minute MIA. Um, no show. Could we, could we run down how it worked? <laughs> like how that sure. went down? It was like, Where hey, like, can you record early today? Hey, can you record early? Uh, no, never mind. How I about, can do the regular time. How about late? How about late? Can you go late? How about later? <laughs> and then finally it was hey, like, how about, uh, not I at all. I can't, I can't make it. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> well, I was, pre- man, last week was a crazy week both with work. And then I had two days off where we were traveling. And I had to, there was so much to get done before I left. I did it to myself. Uh-huh. I have no one to blame but you. I know you thought I was going to say me, but Joe, I have no one to blame you. You zig, you zig when you're supposed to say. <laughs> Before right. we started recording, we were talking about my diehard party, the Christmas party. Oh my god! And I'm like, are you going to make it? You're like, I've got a, um, a Dallas Symphony Orchestra. You're doing concert. it like the weekend before Christmas, which is like the most popular weekend for yeah. Christmas themed things going and, on. And, and we're podcast partners. I, I, we're business uh, partners. Am I not? Are we are business we partners friends? now? We well, oh, are we are we Riggs and Murtaugh? We are Riggs and Murtaugh. <laughs> is that Lethal Weapon or it I is, can't remember? No, it's Lethal Weapon. Okay, that's what I thought. By the way, have you have you seen have you watched? The, are you familiar with the Lethal Weapon movies? First? I uh, I've seen the first one, uh-huh. and I think the third one, Ooh. which nobody likes, with Joe what? Joe Pesci. I was going to call him Joey Pantaloon. <laughs> no, Joey Pants. Joe Pesci. The other, you know, Lethal Weapon one is good. Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. two is really good as a sequel. That's it's, what people they say. They do a really good job with it. Three's not bad. It's Starts to get a little cartoony, yeah, but it's not bad. Uh, four is like it gets into what the fuck were you thinking territory, uh, especially why the, are there aliens or something? No, it's just that the very end you've got like octogenarian Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, <laughs> who's up there in age too, mm-hmm. taking on fucking Jet Li. What? Like, he's the villain of the movie, and they're like kung fu um, fighting him under no, a pier. Jet Li wins, yeah, exactly. hands down. Yes. It's no contest. Uh, and that's what was kind of disingenuous about that movie. We're like, what? What? Wait, what? And then the fact that like Rene Russo, 50-year-old Rene Russo is like having a baby. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know if it works like that. No. Um, but I will say this mm-hmm. for the Lethal Weapon franchise. It never jumped the shark in, in the fashion that the Die Hard movies did. Like, Die Hard has completely gone off the rails and stopped being what it was all about. I haven't even seen the fourth one. Was that the fourth one or was that the fifth one? Dude, there's the fifth one. Was that the was one the fifth one. Russia? Yeah, with, um, <laughs> who's it, with his son, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we're exploring all family ties because we had his Jack. daughter in the last one. Uh-huh. We had uh, Ramona Flowers. Ramona Flowers. Yeah. Which is the only reason I saw that film. That's not bad, it's, actually. It's actually not bad. For a PG-13 Die Hard, mm-hmm. I thought they did a pretty decent job with it. Like, the story was good. The plot was fantastic. Yeah. 
However, I think the the weakest link of that movie was, and I think he's a really good actor, Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. He was really bad as a villain in that movie. Like he tried to be too smart to kind of counter the John McClane. You know, I'm going to be a battering ram. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well I'm going to be that genius computer hacker guy. But he was very empty and weak as a villain. And I would usually blame that on the writing, but I kind of thought his performance was just. Did you kind of phone it in? Yeah. Well, he's just kind of there to be the be- like like. Uh, what's his whole purpose? Like world domination? Not even world domination. Even world he wants domination. to bring the system down. He just right? wants to break down the system. That's right. Some men just want to watch the world bone. <laughs> they want to watch the world bone. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Is that the porn the version? World of bone. I promise your parents I'll take care of you. It's the Dark Knight, but it's spelled actually N I G H T. That would be cool. It's the porn version. Yeah, or just a really cheesy like '80s TV show, <laughs> The Dark Knight, and it's all about like some black DJ who's a nighttime. DJ. Oh, it's a black exploitation. Yeah, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. <laughs> Um, uh, no, so the reason I bring up Lethal Weapon, mm, I, had you ever, have you watched any of the I TV show? I know there shows? is a TV show. I, I know I know of it, but uh, I have not seen it. You know it. your hair? I know I of know it. I know of it. Um, it's blue. Uh, okay. There's a Scott Pilgrim reference number one, so, folks. Uh, so, no, like, I watched the pilot, and it was so awful. Oh, it was, no. It was so bad. Uh, well, like, just, worse than that Knight Rider one from a few years back? Uh, I never watched that. There you go. I have no idea. That was pretty bad. It was really bad, though. Like, the, the chemistry and the relationship between the guys who play Murtaugh and Riggs is like... Uh, I mean, you have Damon Wayans and some guy named Clayne Crawford who are playing these roles. I have to look this up now. And it's just... It was just rough. Uh, it felt really manufactured. Uh, and, and I guess that's going to happen when you do a TV show and try to, like, fit all this stuff in from a movie into a show. But... Uh, the pilot was weak, but the second episode improved on it. I, I still wouldn't recommend it, but <laughs> I'm curious. Nowhere enough, to go but up. I'm curious enough that I'm going to stick around and watch episode three. Oh, dude, you burying the lead. You didn't tell me Jordana Brewster was in this. Jordana Brewster's in it, and oh, uh, yeah. Mick G directed the last episode oh, that I watched. And I'm right back out again. <laughs> and you're out. Uh, so, yeah, no, that's that's something that has to do with film. Have you seen any new movies? Anything recently? Uh, what did I see? Oh, we saw something in theaters. In theaters. Yeah. Well, we saw Sausage Party over the summer. Did you? Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, funny, though. And Is it funny? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like that guy, their guys, those guys' is Their stuff. guys. It seems like something that like you would have seen from Trey, and Matt pa- Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Absolutely. I almost gave them both the same last name. It's a little... <laughs> Trey and Matt Parker. It's, it's, it's dirtier, if you can imagine. Yeah? <laughs> because it's not just like these two-dimensional cardboard cutouts. There's three dimensional. There's there's a hot dog fucking a bun. You I know thought what I mean? that I thought that it was interesting how they've marketed everything with that movie too. Hmm. Like that they put out coloring books and there's images. Like they made these characters look very kid friendly <laughs> yeah. in a way. But then like just the shit from the trailer was like whoa. Well, do you remember hearing that uh, they accidentally showed this trailer before a, a kids film? Oh, uh, what was the it film? Was, it was the Pixar one. The then Finding Nori. Yeah, over that's the right. summer. That's right. <laughs> before the... Finding Dory, they showed this trailer. Yeah. Oh, what did I say? Nori. Yeah, you said. Wow. Nori. Wow, so finding, Pixar fan Finding NORAD. <laughs> it's a completely different movie. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I have not seen Sausage Party yet. Uh, I'm trying to think. I if saw I've seen something anything, else. Have I seen anything new? I was in a theater. <laughs> I, was in, <laughs> I seem to remember, but... <laughs> well, that's the problem with... <clears throat> pardon me. Excuse me, I'm kind of losing my voice and recovering. That's the problem with the Alamo Drafthouse is yeah. uh, even though I've been to the movies lately, they haven't been new movies. Yeah, I mean, that. well, that's it's good to go see the... Mm-hmm. The retro, the mm-hmm. revival. Been doing Tim Burton month. Yeah, that's great. Which was fun. Oh come on. Uh, there's, there's. Guess prolific. There's like three Tim Burton movies that I love. Let me guess. 
that you love. Wow. I, I love I'm going to go Big Fish because uh-huh. I know you like that father-son oh story. God, dude, and that's, that, that's a great underrated that movie, film of dude, his. Dude, that movie, the, the last 10, 15 minutes of that movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a fucking mess. I'm going to go Beetlejuice. Uh-huh. Oh, all right. I'm yeah. two for two. Yeah. This third one's going to be tricky. I'm sure it is. <laughs> part, you know, it's, um, no way I'm going to get it. No, I'm being sarcastic. It's like big eyes or something. Oh, oh, you think it's oh, you think it's Edward Scissorhands? No. Oh, Batman. Yes. Oh, yeah. See, I would actually put uh, Batman's top five for me. I like Batman. I go back and have you watched it lately? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I really like Batman, and I think mostly based on the performance of Jack Nicholson. Oh, it's solely because of Jack Nicholson. He's so fucking great. He is the Heath Ledger of that film in more ways than one. Yes, he is in two ways. And and. Maybe three more, no, and a no. quarter. I just said more ways than one. Three and a quarter. It's two. Okay. They both play the Joker, and they're both dead. Rest in peace, Jack Nicholson. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, I, it's thought the, you, I thought you were just dropping some fucking knowledge. <laughs> like, no. oh, shit that you just saw before you walked in here. Next week, we're doing... God. Oh, yeah, Joe, did you hear? Oh, my God. No, dude. no, he is still it's with gonna, us. It's going to destroy me. Everybody else is dying, <laughs> but Jack Nicholson... Which, um... Which is... <laughs> This podcast is dying. This is the Editing uh, Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're bad movies. Sometimes they're good movies, no matter what the case. We will watch a movie, ideally, every week, uh, and then come <laughs> back here and talk about it with each I other. I said I was sorry. <laughs> no, you could say it all you want. <laughs> Actions speak louder than words. Zip. <laughs> Did you just unzip yourself and start sucking? <laughs> that is fucking impressive. Uh, uh, but we'll watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with each other. And uh, and we invite you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, to join in on the conversation. Uh, you can do that by going to Facebook in the search bar, put in the Editing Bay. That's going to bring up a picture of a woman with some bleeding eyes. That's us, and that's where you can talk back to us. And uh, obviously, we, <laughs> we can't really respond to you in real time. Uh, or maybe we can. You know what? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, Kyle Hall. I believe you're correct in your assumption of this movie. Um, that wasn't half as clever as I thought it was going to sound. That's pretty funny. So, um, it's a deep, deep cut. We, uh, we, this was your pick this week. This wasn't my pick, and it was kind of riding off of the coattails of your, uh, what did we watch? Samurai Cop. Samurai the Cop. The previous weekend, and we're getting back to uh, truly, truly awful movies. Uh, and that one was... Uh, Bad in the, in the same vein of, of Birdemic, where it was low budget, yeah. it was low talent, it was just low everything. It and was it was bad, but like you sat there watching it, and you couldn't help but like at least for me, it couldn't help but laugh and go, "What the fuck? Sure. What is going?" There's some on? funny moments, and also admirable that these uh, obviously didn't have much of a budget or talent. But uh, damn it, they were going to set out and they were going to make a film. That's and at right. the end of the day, there is a 96 minute piece <laughs> of something that you can watch on Amazon in, Prime entitled Samurai. Cop. Right now, exactly, and even had a sequel. And then there are really bad movies. What that... the fuck did you make me watch? <laughs> what the fuck with this movie? I'm sorry. Go, I... it's got, I'm just saying it's 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 fun to see a movie fail on a grand scale with a big budget, with big names, name, <sighs> name. Ellen Burstyn. She's somebody. <laughs> Burstyn out Burstyn. of my shorts. <laughs> what? Uh, Lily Sobieski, she yes. was kind of hot at the time. L- yes, right? Lily, Lily Dallas, multi multi <laughs> Sobieski. That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is one of those films that had the budget and had everything going for it. Um, it was a remake, for Christ's sake. So enough people liked the original to greenlight a sequel or a, a remake. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And yet, and yet, it's one of the worst films uh, rated. 
It's, <laughs> and it's, it, it's Joel, this, movie, this movie's fucking horrible. It's pretty bad, Joe. It's so bad. There's I mean, not, I know sometimes we try to like wait and like let you hear us kind of break down the yeah, movie. Did we like it? Didn't I we? can't. I cannot fucking. I, okay, what the fuck was the plot of this movie? That, well, okay, I'll I'll sum it up very quickly. So there's a dude. He's a cop. <laughs> there's a dude. Sometimes, sometimes there's, there's a man. man. <laughs> I'm talking about Nicolas Cage here. <laughs> Or oh, sometimes hell, I forgot my train of thought. Sometimes there's a man. Sometimes there's a man. There's a man. <laughs> Named Edward Maitland. He's the man for his time and place. Uh and that place is on <laughs> Summer's Isle. Summer's Isle. <laughs> in uh the year nineteen ninety when did this come out? Two thousand six. It sounds like a douche like, so, Summer's, like Isle. Summer's Isle. Summer's Isle. Every, every time they kept saying that make me feel, feel fresh. <laughs> in the corners of my cool. Yeah. Oh, I can't I I don't want to do that. That's it's all right. I led you down that path. You you don't have to take responsibility for that. Uh, so yeah, the Wicker Man guy. Uh, it's a cop, and uh, he's he's just he's solving mysteries. And <laughs> is he though? <laughs> well, but is he? He's running down a dream. He's chasing a rabbit, uh, not a literal rabbit, uh, metaphorical. But uh, he's chasing a Rowan. He's that's right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a Rowan. Atkinson. A white, a white Rowan. I wish this movie had Rowan Atkinson in it. It'd be so much better. I wish this was a Mr. Bean movie. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of ways you can remake this and, and turn it into a comedy. And they kind of should have. And in some it, ways, it they sh- kind of did. It, yeah. This is a funny film. And in fact, I mentioned it's, it last week. You go on YouTube and you look for the highlights of this film. And there's a couple of cuts. But people put together like the top three or four minutes. Uh-huh. And they all involve uh, Nicolas Cage punching women. <laughs> Nicolas just doing Nicolas Cage's horrible and dialogue just, delivery. Just like, it's just so yes, bad. Yeah. It's so bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this is obviously one of those ones he did to pay off some some debt, right? You think so? Do you think he would chose? Well, we would did, have chosen this. We film? did see Stolen. Wasn't that the name of the I movie? I think that was another film with, <laughs> uh, he was contractually obliged to appear in. Oh my! He God. just seems like a, his heart's not in it. He's going through the motions. He's he's overacting. Um, <laughs> what is there to say? Jim? I I I think what there is to say mm-hmm. is that this movie is a mistake. <laughs> this whole movie is a mistake. Like, I, you say like that his heart wasn't in it, and I kind of disagree. I feel like no, I feel like Nick Cage was giving it. Like he was at least he well, was trying to give it. He was expending some calories. You can say that. There's a lot of yelling. I feel like he was. Not that I think Nicolas Cage is a brilliant actor, but just watching him perform, watching everyone in this movie. I felt like they all had a different idea of what this movie yes, was supposed to I be. I think so too. I don't think there was like a vision. Neil, Neil Lebute yeah. is the director here, and I do. You, are you familiar with no, him? I'm not. I don't know what else this guy's I think done. The, the other, the biggest other thing he's done is a film called the, "In the Company of Men," which I just hear is really misogynistic and uncomfortable to watch. Okay, um, much, not not unlike this movie. Not unlike this film. Yeah. Okay. A lot of, a lot of male bashing going on here, but uh-huh. uh, I don't think he's really known for too much. More behind the scenes, More like female bashing, yeah. <laughs> like five or six <laughs> times, literally. literally. Yeah, but there's a. Uh, I was going to say subtle, but not really subtle, because uh, there's some there's some man hating going on here. Well, first of all, oh, for sure, Summer's Isle, much like its namesake. Um, Wait, before we get to Summer's Isle, like we've got a good like fifteen minutes of movie <laughs> yeah. that take place before this, but it's all just to kind of set up that that he's a cop. But it's okay. Mm-hmm. Joe's frustrated. <laughs> we have to. He's shaking his we, angry we fist. We can't just. We can't just blow this off as just setup because the most profound thing happens to him in the first like fifteen minutes of this movie. Yeah, where he's okay. He's a cop. 
he's on a, a motorcycle. He's writing tickets and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, yeah. And so then, like, a car drives by him, mm-hmm. and there's a kid in the back, I guess, throws, like, a teddy bear or a doll out the fucking window. Mm-hmm. So he rides and fucking, like, grabs it while while driving. Doing little, his duty. A little homage to Raising Arizona, if you're yeah, not paying right. too much attention. Uh-huh. Uh, and, like, stops the, the car and gives the doll back to the little girl and is, like, talking to the mom and stuff. And she's like, we're moving, and she's just unhappy. She's acting out. He's like, oh, well, I understand. And, and like, we've got shots that go on too long, like, lingering fucking shots mm-hmm. of, like, really dead dialogue. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's and almost then, like they had one take. Yeah, That's right? the one they had to use. And then, like, a creepy girl... In the back of this car, she throws the fucking doll again out the window. Defiantly, little brat. He walks over into the middle, of the, like looks, walks in the middle it's like, of the. It's all right, I'll get it. <laughs> Which is pretty. That's pretty much. <laughs> it's all right, I'll get it. Uh, and he goes and picks up the the doll again. And while he does that, we see in the background a fucking eighteen wheeler just head just on sh- hammers into this fucking car. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage runs back to the car. He's Jumps into around, action. Trying to, trying to open doors, and they won't open. And gets around to the back, the hatchback, and starts trying to smash the back of the, the back window open. Mm-hmm. And there's the little girl in the car. Yep. And she's watching him. And he's like, give me your hand. And she's just standing there. Yep. Emotionless. Car, car fucking explodes. Title card. Yep. And then we come back, and like he's recovering at home. And some friend detective comes to check on him. Throughout this entire fucking movie, <laughs> okay. I'm waiting uh-huh. because you set something like this up that this guy experiences this kind of trauma. You're setting something like this up because he's going to like redeem himself or find some personal redemption. Hmm. That's how a story works. <laughs> right. Usually, and if you look at like Hitchcock, you look at the, mm-hmm. the classic masters of horror or, or, or you know, even suspense. The bad things happen to someone who has, who like, who's earned it. Right. And and not that he doesn't within the course of this movie. He kind of has his dickheaded little, like, you know, outbursts and stuff. He's being a cop. But not enough to justify what happens to him (laughs) at the end of this movie, which is truly fucking horrible. It kind of is. So humorous at the same so this, time when this, it's execution, but uh, right. Yeah. So this is what I'm trying to say is that we've got that first 15 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. which should be character building. Mm-hmm. Not only is it setting up the story, but it's such deep shit that happens to him. Oh yeah, not and it's revisited throughout the course of this movie. He's having flashbacks of what happened yeah. at the car. Sometimes there's no one in the car. Sometimes there, you know it. What and and so I'm trying to understand, and maybe I'm just not smart enough. Maybe this has got Joe. There's just there's too many. It's like The Shining. There's oh, so much subversive content. It going feels on. like one of those yeah, where they but, want you to. But it's it's not. No, not I really. don't think it is. Mm-mm. And and so it, it frustrates me as someone who watched this movie. I got really <laughs> angry. I did. I got really fucking angry watching this movie because I didn't understand what his journey was supposed to be. Yeah, it wasn't really his journey. It was um, it was the little girls, or it was that that family, really. Was it the, the- which is, isn't really a journey? It's just a, a, a plot that they've yeah. set out. Do you want to you want to spoil the end of it here? We're kind of dancing around. Sure, it. Should... I think everybody who would listen to this podcast knows what happened. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay, so yeah, so the Wicker Man is a huge structure made out of wicker, shaped in the form of a man that they uh, they burn Nicolas Cage alive in. <laughs> they well, after they hobble him, after they hobble him, they break both of his legs like uh, uh, what's that uh, Kathy Bates like misery. misery style, uh-huh. right? Uh, and then for some unknown reason, I don't know why they felt like they had to go through this 
process, but um, putting the bees on his head. Yeah. Not the bees. No, I, my eyes. I think that's supposed... <laughs> oh, God. I think that's supposed to represent, like, death and rebirth. And, and they, they are chanting that in the background. I think that's yes. what that's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, because he dies, because he's allergic to bees, we learn now, and then uh, the, the doctor brings him back the Which old Which doesn't way. matter. No. Like, it's really not a bit... Just to kill him again. And, and the fact that, like, there's that whole sequence where he runs into the honeycombs or whatever. Yeah. And then, like, we see the overhead shot and the grass is cut in the shape of a honeycomb. Yeah. All right. There's a lot of just, like, visual symbolism and wordplay here that's... It, Joe, this is just a creepy film. Can you at least give it that? That watching it, it's it's kind it's, of creepy. It's creepy. And I, I will I will There's a mystery to be there's, solved. There, there is an atmosphere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you're sitting there and you're watching it and you're like, okay... Because this movie isn't in a non-compelling film to watch. No, like that's true. When the mystery you start, like the mystery starting to unfold, and you you become invested, you're like, okay, all right, let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't fucking go anywhere. Like it's it doesn't solve any of the answers. I don't know if this is questions. how the 1973 Wicker Man plays out too. Mm. And if it is, I have a hard time understanding why you would fucking remake this movie. I don't know. It, it's it's horrid. It's horrible. There's nothing that you can take from this story. And, you know, it, not that every movie or every story has to have something that's, like, redeeming or, you know, something that you learn from. But it does remind me of something my English teachers used to always say. And it's, you know, right because you Joe, have Joe, put that some, down. Right, yes. <laughs> Joe, zip that back up. Uh, right because you have something to say, not because you have to say something. Oh, I like that. And I'm trying to figure out what the fuck the screenwriter wanted to say. Uh, Men are bad and all deserve to be killed. We don't really need them. Or is it that? But but (laughs) but in a way they did, because at the end they start talking about how like you fulfilled your purpose. Mm -hmm. This is and this is the shit. Ellen Burstyn, the sister Summers Isle, yeah, is talking about. Fresh, uh, and like the the entire time she's talking about, like you fulfilled your purpose. <laughs> this was a book written long ago. <laughs> like, am I supposed to believe that? Okay, that she sent Willow to the the mainland or whatever to fucking find a man. That's what I, I'm. I'm curious as to far to how far out this con goes because basically we find out that Willow, who was his uh, uh, ex fiance, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Did we forget why they broke up? She ran off. She just ran off. She just ran off yeah. someday. And then uh, he gets a letter from her at the beginning. Nick Cage does, um, inviting him to uh, to Summer's Isle uh-huh. and uh, informing him that there's a missing girl, which yeah. we then later find out, I guess, is his child. Do we think that's true? Are we to believe yeah. that? Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah, I think so. Because they're, they're very clear about like, the island. We need it's it's. Her oh, that's blood, right. Has to know? be her blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. so they sent her off to go find a man, get preggers. Come back to the island and then lure your man here so that we can sacrifice him to our... our, our so, to the wicker gods. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to the goddesses and stuff. So, it sounds like a, uh, a store inside the mall. It, yeah. I'm going to go get uh, pick up some baskets from the wicker gods. The wicker gods. I'll meet you at the uh, the Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> Maybe the Orange Julius. There you go. Meet me at Orange Julius. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, I don't even know where... Okay. So, then if this whole thing is orchestrated, mm-hmm. why kill the pilot well, if you he, wanted him to come back yeah well that's then I, why kill the fucking pilot why you, isn't the pilot like just why can't you teach one of your mute men <laughs> yes. in the fucking at the island to just fucking fly, a, fly plane? a plane yeah. yeah well the plane was still there they didn't just well they, they did, disabled the radio they did take out the radio didn't they so they can't call for help yeah but dude you knew that pilot was gonna buy it the minute that he 
uh, agreed that to, he bribed uh, him. <laughs> to take his, his, his with his ill-gotten gains. The minute Nick Cage bribed him, yeah, yeah, he he's, he talked a good, good game about. Oh, I don't take any money that island. We have an arrangement, and there ain't nobody going. Yeah, and Nicholas Cage flashes offers. a couple of Benjamins, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, fuck it, get on two, three hundred bucks. Let's go. And he's like, all right, <laughs> and they kill him. Yeah, well, you should have known better. Remember that time <laughs> when Nick Cage is sitting on the dock. Yes. And he's like waiting for the fucking guy to come back when to the plane. he starts to fall asleep. And then like decides he's going to just go for a fucking swim. Sure. I'm going to go over he's there and see if go I can for, find it. Yeah. Go, go, well, and then like finds someone underneath. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that like he heard a knocking it's under like the dock? a little dock. girl. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. He heard the knocking under the dock. Goes underneath, starts swimming around. Mm-hmm. And like that was a dream. Right. Then he wakes up and then he takes off his clothes and goes swimming over to the fucking plane. Mm-hmm. There's so much time wasted in this movie. Like it, it almost reminded me of um, uh, this podcast. What, what's no, no, no. What's <laughs> what's uh, what's the name of the the, the dude who did uh, Rushmore? Oh, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Got it. It reminded me a lot of a Wes Anderson movie at mm-hmm, times, mm-hmm. where Nick Cage is like he's at the house and he's talking to Willow or whatever, yeah. and then he hears the plane, and we fucking cut to an exterior shot of him running out of the house, mm-hmm. and then cut to a long shot far away of him running down a field. You know, if you change the uh, the soundtrack, <laughs> yes. just add some like harpsichord. <laughs> it's it's a whimsical music, yeah, a exactly. whimsical delightful film yeah. <laughs> about a family just trying to find themselves. Uh, I'm so pissed off at this movie, Joel. Yeah, I can tell you're very I, upset. You're uh, you're taken aback. Uh huh. And a front. I do. <laughs> I have taken a front. I do like that little whip zoom that they do though in that dream sequence you were describing, where uh, he, he he wakes up and you think he, he's woken up, but then they uh, they zoom back really quickly and he's holding the dead girl in his arms yeah. just for that split second, and then he wakes up again. Yeah. A little false. What is that shit supposed to represent? Well, that's the thing. I don't. I don't. So it, are we supposed to believe he's hallucinating this entire time? Because he's, he's popping pills pretty heavy, right? Uh-huh. He's got his medication. And he's always looking for his medication. So there's always that out. That's always just a hallucination, right? Uh-huh. But he's clearly chasing like a girl. He's seeing a little girl running back oh, yeah. and forth. No, I believe he's hearing the whispers. It's like a haunted house. Like I'm believing yeah. that like the sisters of the Summer's Isle are like hanging out in dark corners and going, okay, Rowan, run from this side to this side. Yep. <laughs> that was my... That was my little girl that was, laugh. That was good. Sorry. Uh, so no, I think that it's they're they're feeding into his psychosis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, but again, I just don't know what the fucking point is. Like it's it really such just a seems weak like when a... she reveals why they did what they did. It seems so fucking weak. Yeah. That it, it was hard for me to to go on with the rest of the film and just like I I, I don't know. I don't know how to fucking put it into words. Well, luckily right the now. film was almost over at that point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and and, luckily, and by that point, we've been uh, fucking buyer beware. That's how I felt. I was just like, "What the <laughs> oh, fuck?" But you get to see a bunch of women dressing around and traipsing in in, in uh, lion. And what was the point of Sister Rose? Where he's like, "Didn't I talk to you at the school?" Oh, right. No. Okay. And she's cl- is she like? A, are they cloning there? Does she have a twin sister? Who sister? Who no- so, so you have a twin, twin sister. sister. Your thoughts have now betrayed her too. Obi Wan was wise to hide her from me. Um, so, so there's a funny part in this movie where Nick Cage. Oh, there's a several funny gets, parts in this. He film. gets to Summer's Isle and he's drinking his mead or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, there's there's a bee, and he destroys it, like <laughs> it smashes, crushes it. it with his stein. And the barmaid looks at him and goes. Now, why would you do a thing like that? And immediately I scream out, because I love her. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and there's Scott Pilgrim reference number two, folks. That's funny. Mayless uh, earned the power of self-respect. <laughs> I I really am lost with this. Fucking yeah, movie. yeah. You're uh, well. Um, let's talk about please. Um, <laughs> all right. So there's some very Mamet style conversations that are had where not a lot of words are spoken and nothing is really gained from the conversation. I found uh, the the woman who plays Willow. To be wholly frustrating. Yeah. Like, just spit out a fucking sentence. Say something. Like, sh- there's so much like, uh, um, really? Hello? How? I don't know. It's it's okay. Right? <laughs> That's it's, all within the like, course no. of like, what? just finish your fucking thought. Like, yeah. form a thought. Someone wrote that. So I'm not sure if like, they're trying to get off the... Like, like she's trying to lie and she's just not a very good liar and maybe there's a, there's a, a tug of her conscience there where... She's 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 bedded this man, right? Uh-huh. She's sired his child. Yes, um, and now she's she's luring him into this into his, his final destination. Uh huh. Great film franchise, <laughs> by the way. So De- not, Devin Sawa. He's I'm not sure if, if we're supposed to think that like she's having a, a conflict of interest or if, no. If she's just, I, I think it's just poorly written, poorly constructed. It does seem that way. I think the writer was like, okay, we need to make this. We need to misdirect on everything, mm-hmm. and. You you can't do that though, right? Because then uh, then everything a, it's means a cop nothing. Out. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the problem with this movie is that everything means nothing. Mm-hmm. This movie should have been a fifteen minute short story, like as a dark tale. Like you want to you want to go like Cask of Amontillado or yeah. Uh, yeah. you know contents of a dead man's pockets. You know it's a dark story, something like that. That's fine. You know, but it's got to be a short story, something like drawn out over the course of almost an hour and a half, two hours. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. Uh, like, for example, when he gets to the island and he's talking to the first ladies that he sees there and he starts talking about Rowan and Willow and, you know, at one point one of them blurts out, she's like, it's not her child, you know. Well, why the fuck would you say that? Yes. Like, th- it Let's never follow comes, up on that. It never comes back around. Mm-hmm. So what? why would you put that in the movie the- other than the fact that you're trying to throw in, like, mysterious misdirects at the audience? And that's fucking weak. Yeah. Also, like, there's the so you talk about Rose, the teacher that yeah. that it probably has the most dialogue of anybody aside from Ellen Burstyn on that island, uh, and so Nicholas Cage is is he busts into her classroom and he's kind of interrogating her, and she has a line where she's talking about what's what's the daughter's name Rowan Rowan right yes and she she kind of misspeaks and she says she'll burn to death and he's like what did you say and she's like she burned to death I, I was waiting for that payoff to kind of come back around as to why it was. Past tense versus present tense. Yeah. Why all the other children are pretending that she is already, or that they don't know her? They don't know her. Like why go? And then he's like, "You're ruse? all liars." I know why. Why is that necessary to go through with this ritual? The okay. guy's already there on the island. Okay. Why you got to mind fuck him like okay. that? Okay. And see, we're skipping over the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking patrol officer in like California or some shit, right? What the fuck jurisdiction does he have? I know, right? He's flashing his badge. He's like, I'm a police officer. I'll arrest all of you. You're not a detective. No. You're a fucking (laughs) patrol officer. You're chips, man. You're (laughs) Ponch and John. I know. Your fucking jurisdiction begins and ends on that fucking highway unless you're called in on something. Plus, don't they even make a big deal about how private the island is to begin with? Like, you, You know it's owned by somebody. But being a professional police officer, you would think that this fucking guy would have told a few people, like, hey, I'm going to this place called Summer's Isle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to this place called Summer's Isle. If you're looking for me, I'm going to this place called Summer's Isle. Uh, I know he talked to a friend of his who was like, 
you know, my, it's my ex-fiance. I'm going to try to get, you know, find her kid. Man, fuck that. You know, the dude's mm-hmm. like, fuck. But at, you'd think that he'd have at least dropped. Like, yeah, it's called Summer's Isle. It's located in this place. Yeah, if I don't come back in three days, maybe check it out. Right. Ch- fucking come find me. <laughs> yeah. You get in your fucking car and come find me. And, like, that's that's kind of... you. If you want to make him something else completely, not a cop, mm-hmm. make him a writer. Make him a fucking Yeah, there you writer. go. He's following a, he's, he's, a mystery. So Looking then, for a story. But then you're playing around with the psychosis already. You know, we've seen that happen in stuff like The Shining. Uh, we saw it in Adaptation. Mm-hmm. Play around with that a little bit. You know, make it something that isn't a police officer who's fucking gone through training and has uh, has a regiment. And you let people know. You report and let people know where you're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was part of the thing that kept me from, I guess, diving into this, uh, you know, <laughs> suspending disbelief for this movie. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. There's... Just because of that, that this fucking guy is traveling miles and miles. He's nowhere near home. And he's on this fucking island where he has no jurisdiction. But he fucking, he shows up at this 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 inn. Yeah. And immediately he turns around. And he's like, all right, I should do this now. Yep. I'm a police officer. I'm looking, I'm for, here a looking for a little girl. And I'm going to be talking to all of you. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, fucking go screw, man. <laughs> you don't have any fucking jurisdiction here. Yeah. Go get a fucking court order. It's not really making a lot of friends no. off the bat. And that's what I'm talking about where it's like, all right, look, he was kind of dickish. But okay, let me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll put it like this okay. Biff Tannen is an asshole. Yeah. But I don't think he should be fucking executed. No, no, he doesn't deserve to die. No. And so that's kind of the level that I put Edward Malus in this yeah. movie. He's kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because of his stress. Braggadocious, perhaps? <laughs> that's not a word. That is a word. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm looking that up. Uh, and uh, it's... A <laughs> I'll call you Trump from now on. Um so I, I I think I've I've stated my point like yeah. three or four times yeah, here. Yeah, but. You have. So let's start making fun of this film then, because that's really where the enjoyment, if if any, can please, be derived go from. Go ahead, please. Uh, so you're talking about that scene where he busts in and he just tells everybody, "Hey, I'm looking for a little girl." He's just uh, finished his mead and killed a honeybee. I am a FBI agent. <laughs> and then he turns to a wall full of framed photographs, right? And they're all black and white, and they are all very similar. They all feature a little girl. Standing uh, in front of what? Uh, Every time I do it makes me laugh. <laughs> Look at his photograph. Look at this graph. <laughs> I love that meme. I love that. Um, so uh, he walks up to it, and, and there's one that's that's broken, right? The frame is, uh, is still I'm there. Broken. God damn it. But the, uh, the picture's yeah, gone. I'm going to give you so many like early 2000s songs. <laughs> and he's asking, uh, who's, the, what's the, who's the big uh, woman? And I use that word loosely. Sister Beach. Sister Beach, that's right. Very mannish uh, all, features. All of the women on this island named after, like, flora and fauna. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All all, uh, all flowers, for the most part. Yeah, Ramona. <laughs> I know of it. Um, and uh, he's, he's asking, um, you know, what were these pictures taken? And she was like, oh, that was, uh, that was this festival. And what happened to this the one harvest, last night? The Harvest Festival. Harvest Festival. Oh, it got broken last night. And then, unsolicited, she volunteers... You know, of course, there's also the fertility festival, but we don't take pictures of that. It's far too sacred. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mrs. Exposition. Like right. uh, nobody asked about that, but I'm sure that's going to come up later in the in the movie. And of course, it does. It does. But yeah. it was just way really clumsy, and I, I even kind of cocked my head. I was like, "Well, that's odd that she would volunteer that to the to the police officer." That's what we call poor script writing. Yeah, is it? <laughs> it's it's poor script writing. That's what I thought. It is. It's it's the the screenwriter who. Can't fucking it has no sense of subtlety. Mm-hmm. 
but is trying to misdirect everybody. But also because the basics of writing is you want to set the fucking, you want to plant the seeds of shit that's going to happen later. Mm -hmm. That's their way of doing it. Mm -hmm. It's clumsy. It's fucking ugly. But go ahead. Make make fun of this movie, please. Help me find some joy from this experience. So there's the teacher. There's uh, Sister Rose, right? Yeah. That he he busts into her classroom when there's a bunch of girls going on. Yes. And um, what are they reciting at the time? Oh, like that—that that men are evil. Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so the teacher asks, uh, "So what? What is the what is the ultimate expression of a man?" And these two little creepy girls in the back of the room raise their hand, and and in unison they say, "Phallic symbol, phallic, phallic symbol. symbol." Yeah. What? To which Nicolas Cage does what all of us want to do. He just busts out laughing. <laughs> He's like, "Whoa, curriculum's changed <laughs> since the last time I was in school." Yeah. <laughs> um, what? So there's that. I'm like looking at. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm just going down my list here. Yeah. Uh, there's. The, there's the old creepy smiling blind women. Are we to believe that they're blind? That that show up every now. Oh and then? yeah, they're, and they're twins too. They're twins as well. So there's some uh, shining references going on. If no, okay. So you've got the the theory that Rose has a twin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you have these old women that are twins. Yep. And then the little girls are twins. The little girls are twins. So there's something going on what there. What is that? What is that supposed to be alluding to? I don't know. And this is what because not everyone is a twin. Like there, it would have been something if they'd pulled played that up a little bit. And you know, I'm not saying be totally obvious with it, but if that's something that's going on, mm-hmm. if Rowan has a twin sister or Willow has a twin, mm-hmm. and that's like Willow's twin sister is yeah. who he met, and somehow she. Faced, you know, she she came to an, a, hor- a horrific end, Oof. and this is their way of getting back at him. Ah. Like, okay, then that would make sense where they're like, you know, it's not Willow's daughter. It's Willow's sister. Ooh, you know? interesting. Maybe but that's what they're trying to say. Who knows? Nope. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to know from the way this fucking movie plays no, out. No, no. Uh, also, at what point is Nicolas Cage going to call for backup? Well, he tries calling a couple of times on his phone. <laughs> but not early enough. Well, yeah. And then there's that whole bit where he wants to use the plane's radio and yeah. it's broken. Swims over there. But still, like it, 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 a murder has been attempted on him. His life has been threatened. I just don't understand. He gets locked underwater. I just don't understand. Like It's not like that this takes place that long ago. No. He can't get they any fucking bars. He can't get any fucking service. Well, this is 2006, and if you notice, they're all using flip phones. So, using, this is, so what, This is a though? pre-smartphone era, Joe. It's, but still. There's no apps for that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so are we supposed to believe that, one, there are no towers, so there's no cell service, or are we supposed to believe that the fucking women of Summer's Isle have some kind of thing they're using to block phone calls? Oh, you think they have a jammer? I don't know. I just—they don't use any electricity at any moment, do they? It's all kind of wood cabbages, and they're churning their own butter. Wood, and wooden cabbages, wood, uh, wooden uh, cabins, <laughs> cabins. Sorry, got ahead of myself there. Wow, <laughs> that'd be pretty tough, that man. Would, yeah, try yeah. chewing through that, man. Get splinters. <laughs> um, but so there's a there's a part in this movie, <laughs> yes, where Nick Cage is like, I mean, he's ever fucking running around in the dark, going, Rowan, 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 yeah. And he fucking ends up at like the the ruins of a church. Yes, remember this. Mm-hmm. And he fucking goes underwater. Yeah, because you know I see I see an opening and I'm hearing some giggling coming from underneath it. So yeah. I'm just gonna di- just dive in. Yeah, just get my clothes off. Fucking dive in in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, there's no light. There's no light under underwater. Mm-hmm. But somehow he fucking sees everywhere. Everywhere he's going, he's underwater. And then we, as the audience, hear 
a, a little child laugh. Oh my God, so creepy. <laughs> and he's underwater no. and turns around no. and is like, huh? That doesn't happen. Like he hears it. I'm like, what? That's that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how the force that's works. That's not how the force works. Mm. That uh, did that that gave me a giggle. Yeah. And then he's like stuck and he's like, Help me. Help me. <laughs> I just love all the uh, all the little animal masks because if there's one thing we've learned from Cinema Joe, it's that animal masks are creepy and it usually means someone's about to die. Or get a blowjob. What? From the shining. Remember the bunny mask? Oh, interesting. Is that is that it was a bunny? Yeah, it was a bunny. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Is that another reference? Like, are they trying to make Kubrick references in this movie, I, and that's the problem. I think this film is one of those where I feel like they're trying to outsmart the audience. And uh, congratulations, by the way, because you have you've left everybody befuddled and bored. Um, and there's no see that's not fun. No, it's not. It's not fooling fun. the audience. Like this isn't film. Isn't just a way to like get over on the audience. You want to reward the audience. Thank you. I was just going to say that. Yeah, for for going through this, it should be enjoyable on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. There should be a base level in which you can enjoy it as just a just moving moving cinema, moving pictures. Yeah. And then if you want to say something, you want to have something thematic going on, you can have those those layers underneath. Film isn't enjoyable when the director or the writer or both are just trying to get you. Yeah. Got you. Oh, I bet you don't know what it's about, do you? No one likes April Fools because you're not smart enough. That's right. Nobody likes fucking April Fools. Mm-hmm. Nobody does. Uh, and and so that's that's why people don't like movies like this because you feel like you've been taken for a ride. You feel like you've been fooled, and it's not in a fun way. Not yeah. not in that the end of Sixth Sense where right. you're like, oh, whoa, what? holy shit! I didn't He's even the notice. Man. And then you go back and you watch, and you're like, that's fucking right. Yeah, that all this stuff that was really clever. Wow, you feel rewarded as an audience member yeah. when you're given that nugget, and you can then go back and enjoy the movie again. Do you think if, knowing what you know? Do you think if we would have watched this again, maybe we'd, we'd no. start connecting some? Of I don't these think so. Pieces? No, there wasn't. No, it doesn't seem like that. There's nothing. There's nothing that feels like we've achieved. There's nothing that makes me feel like the story achieved anything by but, the end of the film. But we'd get to watch Nicolas Cage in that bear costume. <laughs> running around <laughs> and every time he has to talk he does that thing where he, he puts he his opened, hands above and he runs, like, the mouth is... where are we going <laughs> I thought I told you to wait for me <laughs> she's like well I had to I come I had to come yeah she did yeah Blah. Um. actually no she doesn't so so that that does bring me to your point that you were saying earlier I know I said that I felt like Nick Cage was trying to give it I felt like Nick Cage believed in whatever it was the director had fucking told him about this movie mm-hmm. but then we do get to like some really bad acting like when when he's being tortured and there's a whole lot of like it's Joel it suddenly turns into like Sam Raimi and Evil Dead yeah like, it's funny when Bruce Campbell's like huh well, what are you doing no no don't do that what what boink doink yeah. you know because the violence is cartoony mm-hmm. even in the first Evil Dead there's a little bit of cartoonish right. violence going on in that even though it's a lot darker and there's tree rape which is fucking weird Ooh, yeah yeah um Guys, seriously, like if you if you're going on a first date or hanging out <laughs> for nuts. Halloween's coming up. No. If you're do if you have never seen the first Evil Dead and you think it's a good idea to watch that on a date, mm, nope, probably not. Don't do it. Go see Gone Girl instead. Yeah. Or that's watch a great or date watch movie. Evil Dead Two. There you go. That one fun. is fun. And it's basically a retread of the first movie. Well, Sans tree rape. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, wait, did that? Yeah. There's yeah. no tree rape in that movie. <laughs> It's, it says it on the cover. Uh, it's, it says it right on the box. <laughs> There's a guarantee on the box. Nice. Uh, all right. So 
the uh, <laughs> where the fuck was you I were going? talking oh, no, about no, no. the torture? So, yeah. So the torture, like this whole serious movie mm-hmm. that carries the serious heavy tone the entire time, and then they start like they're hobbling him, and he's like, "What? What are you doing? Ow! No, my leg! Yeah. No, the the leg! What are you? Oh, come on! <laughs> and then like they put the bees, the, the bees, the, not the, the bees. What is this? What's this? What? What's that sound? What's it? <laughs> it's the bees, not the bees. They're in my eyes, my uh, eyes. And what a horrible CG effect. Uh, yeah, yeah, not good. And, and they're like around it. First of all, they're not even in his eyes. They're like no. forming a bee beard around his uh, his jaw. <laughs> bee beard. He looks like the Burt's Bees guy. <laughs> bee beard. That's yeah. gonna be like that's a it's fucking. That's a, a tree beard's brother from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> He's bee beard. <laughs> I am not altogether on anybody's side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, silly bee beard. Uh, yeah, and then he's up in the wicker man. He's like, what? Oh no, Rowan, don't! Oh, I'm burning. I do enjoy the delivery of his line. Uh, Killing me isn't going to bring back your goddamn honey. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing this? Uh, Uh, And then the the explanation just seems like such a horrible cop out. Yeah, it's going to bring the harvest back. It's a fertility, yeah, festival. So there you go. There you go. That that's, was the Wicker Man. Did they the, even call the Wicker Man by name? Did, did, yeah. Are the yeah, words yeah, yeah, Wicker yeah. Man spoken? Yes. At a certain point. Yeah. Who 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 the, says the, that? the women? They're like it's in, in you know the time of the Wicker Man. They they there's some point where yeah, they say it. Somebody does. Say Dude, that. and then there's that whole weird bit about like the day after tomorrow or the day of tomorrow. Yeah. He's like, well, you, before you said the day of tomorrow, is that some sort of thing? And Lily Sobieski's like, ah. Lily Sobieski, take me with you. Needs to, like I enjoyed watching her get beat the fuck up because her character was annoying. <laughs> her character was horrible. She. Like, Another, like, nobody directly answers his questions or just knows how to converse at all. she's just horribly contradictory of everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even, like, something she says, like, two seconds later, no. she's saying something else. It doesn't, it doesn't match up. I think the thing that frustrates me the most is that in the course of this movie, Nick Cage fucking, like, he saves a man's life. Like, he's helping him load lumber, which is weird because now you think, like, Nick Cage was helping the guys, was like, set up his own his fucking... Doing his own pyre. Yeah, he was he was digging his own grave. Yep. Uh, but he fucking saves a man. Yeah, from uh, falling lumber. From lumber falling on top of him. And even that, like, doesn't... Like, you would think, like, maybe there's a point where this Thanks. dude's, like... I need to help. And maybe he comes to a gruesome end, but he tries to help Nick Cage. If we could see... Not just bad consequences, but fucking something good. There's nothing joyful about no, this. This is like that's a good. This is like Saw, except they have a whole island instead of a basement. <laughs> yeah, it's a little tamer than that, yeah. I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, less, I was, less I was enjoyable. Upset. I was so upset. It's it's it, it's disappointing because yeah. I you, you want to know like what it's trying to say and where it's going and how does this all tie together and ultimately uh-huh. it doesn't really. It's not nearly as clever as it. Think it wants to be right. Um, it, it's not as clever as honestly it could have been. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I kind of found the initial story intriguing. Yeah, and I'm 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 all for one for a mystery, but the mystery oh, has to it. has to lead somewhere. It, it, le- it needs to lead. You know, somewhere. we did the Big Lebowski a couple of weeks ago. It was a I, way better mystery. I kept talking about how oh, you don't have to pay attention to the plot; it's there if you want to, but you don't have to. But at least everything tied together there. At least all the characters were there for a reason. Everybody had a motivation. Uh-huh. And now I'm like. <laughs> why was Lily Sobie and then why does Lily Sobieski like Shit. <laughs> does she want to kill him or does she want to be whisked away by him because she's like take me with you when you leave I just I just feel like she's just fucking playing around with his head yeah I and feel then she like, tries to beat him up later I feel like it's the the writer the writer is just like well, let's just fucking have her say this and it's fucking with him and mm-hmm. you know I, I don't know the, the, you cannot assume that the audience understands your intent unless you're a much more brilliant filmmaker mm-hmm. 
there's. I did enjoy the cameo uh, of that little girl in the bee costume from that Blind Melon From the video, Blind Melon video. <laughs> yeah, that was fun near the end when they're doing their festival. <laughs> Everyone's dancing around and wearing... Uh, <laughs> there's a guy that looks like... Uh, what's the calamari guy from Star Star Wars? <laughs> Akbar. Akbar, Admiral Akbar. Somebody dressed up like Admiral Akbar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. It's the bees. <laughs> <laughs> Man... This one was a special kind of bad joke. It's, it's a hard one to talk about. Yeah, because huh? it it's really just like was. remember that time Nicolas Cage did that funny thing where he, <laughs> he punched that woman out of nowhere. He lit, there's that scene. He just literally walks quietly <laughs> in his bear costume. In, up no, to no, where I Rowan think is. is is she? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, sister, where are you she's looking like, for? Sister, oh, Peach, what are you doing up here? And he just fucking just fucking clocks cold cocks her, man. She got knocked the fuck out. And then they run. So he, much abuse. He and Rowan, Rowan they run, and then Rowan runs back to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Her mother. That little bitch. She knew what she was doing that whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like throwing that word around. I, what, the B word? Yeah. Or B. Beach. Beach. Sister Beach. <laughs> Sister Beach. Oh. <sighs> I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm uh, exhausted. We really haven't, like, ha- this is a tough one. This is a tough word. Like, uh, talking about a movie and I get so angry <laughs> that I just, like, clam up and I'll look at you and just be like, Fucking talk because I can't talk about this movie. <laughs> I got nothing, man. I've, right. We've gone through. Uh, I just love all the sound bites of uh, Nicolas Cage over overacting. The, the, How to get burned? The, the, How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? I don't know. Yeah, that's just fucking Archie Bunker. <laughs> I don't know Archie. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> see that? so we've come up with so many other ways that this movie could have been better. Um, all right, so what? Uh, what did? Yeah, let's do it. Let's just let's just. Let's stick a fork in this one, Joe. Yeah. Let's move on. What did what better? What, what did the Wicker Man do right? What did it do right? Uh, again, I I like I like the slow unravel. I like the, the uh, slow burn. Mm-hmm, exactly. How to get burned? <laughs> How to get burned? How to get burned? <laughs> um, it, it was kind of intriguing, and and especially right off the bat there, um, that eighteen wheeler, Joe. Did you think that? Because right before he walks up to the car the first time, there's another car that kind of speeds there's by. There's an eighteen wheel. It's another eighteen wheeler. Uh-huh. They even use that sound effect. Did you think that that was that same eighteen wheeler that saw what was going on? Did a U turn up the hill, came down, and intentionally hit that car? Like we know. never learn why that eighteen wheeler smashed into the car. I don't know. It almost are seemed we like supposed to be- murder? Well, are we supposed to believe then murder. that that woman was like escaping? Was she escaping Summer's Isle? She was, was taking it, the was car it away. Completely different. Was this a completely different thing? Uh, no, no. no like, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, uh, I, I had that same thought. Okay. We, we, and it's never revisited, it's right? Because we never, never see no. her again. No. And we, in fact, that girl isn't even the same girl. She's right? not the same as Rowan. Yeah. We don't. But is she a ghost? Because he clearly sees her. What is the fucking? But what? What is the point of the the flashback where he's at the car and there's nothing at the car? There's no one. There's there. like bees inside the car. Yeah. Yeah. So what the fucking? What's the point of that? I don't know, Joe. That's yeah. the thing. Like none of this stuff. I was waiting for the reveal that like he was the truck driver. Like I was mm. waiting for that to be the reveal. That, like that. Like that. He turned out he was the truck driver, and, he's and he'd been con- he'd been trying to convince himself that he mm. wasn't. That so, he was an it's outside like a life observer. Of pie sort of thing. Huh? Right. But <laughs> Richard Parker. <laughs> That's right. It was a fucking tiger that was driving the car, <laughs> and a baboon in the back. Well, with with this movie, that's that, conceivable. That, that with all been the way animal, better. that would have been way better. But no, I I thought maybe he was the truck driver, and that he had 
formed a little disassociation mm-hmm. and that he had convinced himself that he was an outside observer. And now he's going back to and save now that he's girl. he's going back. He, he's trying to save I like that. someone who can't be saved. And being burned to death was his punishment. That's his punishment. And Ooh. I'd have been like, okay, he's I'm okay purgatory. with this. I like that. that. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> but that's... Well, let's go with that though. That's that's, that's what there the movie you go. Was. That's what this movie did. So right. you like you liked the slow burn of I, the story. I, I I love a good mystery that that unravels. Unfortunately, it just like unraveled into five different sweaters. Yeah, um, none of them were warm. What I thought that this movie did right was I thought that I thought it looked really good. It's fine. I thought it, I thought the cinematography was pretty good. I mean, it, it's it, they shot on location, right? Yeah. They're out on a deserted island. It looked better than it deserved to be for what the content was. I'll give you that. Um, that's in. Let me tell you, man. It took a lot of digging for me. Like when we were talking about <laughs> Big Lebowski, I'm like, man, I'm really digging to find something negative about this movie. Mm-hmm. I had to Not really here. dig to find something positive about. Well, this Joe, film. it has a 14 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so I think we can uh, safely say that it earned every 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 point. I think it got like a three out of ten on IMDb. That sounds about right. Um, all right. So what did this movie do wrong? What did it do wrong? I really think uh, the casting of Nicolas Cage. I think you get somebody else in here who, because he's he unintentionally funny in yeah. this film, uh, in, in only the way that Nicolas Cage can be. Uh-huh. So it's like uh, you gotta get somebody in here who who's who's gonna hold it all together. Uh, couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? <laughs> <laughs> was that? Who's that? Con- Brad Pitt, Con Air. That was his Con Air. Oh, movie. oh, yeah, yeah. Why didn't you put the bunny back? Where it was basically Forrest Gump with a mullet. <laughs> he was Forrest Gump yep. fighting crime. Who, who kicks ass? Uh, all right. Uh, what I what do you think it did right? I thought what I what did I think it did right? Mm-hmm. I already said that. Oh, so, uh, what did you think it did wrong? Sorry. Uh, that there was no cohesion. Okay. That what was the point of the story? There yeah. was no point of it. There was no cohesive storyline that was taking us through this this whole thing. It's like the directors want to be like, "Hey, what can we do to make to get people's money and then simultaneously make them feel bad about themselves in life in general?" <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That's our mission. I th- I think that it's it, it was like it's the equivalent of you ever watch SNL and they do like the I know of it. The <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I didn't ask if you know it. I'm like, have you ever watched? You ever watched SNL and they do that, the high school theater? Yes. That's what this fucking movie feels like. Yeah. Where somebody had a point to what it was they were trying to say, but it got muddied and fucking lost, and it was a little too personal to them Mm -hmm. that, like, it doesn't speak. No. It's almost like a failed stand-up comedian who's saying, like, hey, you guys... Uh, you know when this when this happened, they try to making they, they try to make a reference to something that they think is universal, mm-hmm. but it actually isn't. Dharma and that's what that's what's going on. Yeah, his when his uh, cinema sales unfurled exactly. That's a deep cut to a Star Trek episode. Wow, five people out there are that's good pumping their fist, getting that reference. <laughs> pumping. You ever see? Do you ever watch the Next Generation? Uh, TNG. I, I watched TNG once. As in it's a while. known. Do you ever see that? That they just showed it the other night on no. BBC America. No, Dharma. Oh, that's a great no. one. Check uh-uh. it out. Was that is that Hamlet and Klingon? No, it's like uh, Captain Picard. So there's this other race of aliens and uh, the the Federation. On Star Trek. Yeah, well, I know. What? Yeah. Suspend your belief, your disbelief, and uh, so, <laughs> I have or your my belief. belief. And uh, another race of aliens that the Federation has been able to communicate with effectively. They understand the words, like their universal translators. You understand are the words that are coming out of my mouth, and nobody understands the words <laughs> that are coming out of my mouth. Um, but they, but they they just sounds like gibberish, and it turns uh-huh. out they're they're speaking in in metaphor. Oh. And they're talking about they're they're using their uh, cultures. Uh, all right, whatever. They were overreaching. I'm should've, way should've, nerdy. They should have stuck with Meta Three, <laughs> or maybe try to step was that up one to, for the Super Nintendo or Meta, or was that Meta Five, regular Nintendo. Or there's Metapod. Or was that Sega if Genesis? You're, if you're a Pokemon player, I don't know any of these. <laughs> references. 
Boing. Hey, what did you think of that uh, Pirates of the Caribbean uh, trailer? Have you watched it? I watched it on mute. <laughs> and I didn't realize... That's what I wish I had done I didn't this know. I didn't realize who was in it. Who who the that they were revealing like the big baddie in this new so you saw it I guess I huh? have not no oh you haven't no. okay are you aware that no Harvey Javier Bardem is in it well thank you for ruining it it's not ruining it it's fucking I thought you were about to say poster. Harvey Keitel Harvey Keitel <laughs> is the part I'm a pirate <laughs> Toby Wong yeah Toby Wong I'm trying to think of the Mr Wolf Charlie fucking Chan if I'm Kurt. It's because it's because I'm on a pirate ship. <laughs> it's because time is of the essence. So pretty please. Fuck sugar it sprinkles. With sugar on top. Walk the plank. Walk the fucking plank. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. No, Javier Bardem is in it. And uh but you can't tell that is, that's is him he, from is, the trailer. Is he uh is the villain Some, character from he, Skyfall again? Uh either that or no country mm. for old men. Can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's slightly effeminate. <laughs> but at the same time he's carrying around a compressor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got a jar of dirt. Flip the coin. <laughs> That's good. That's a good role, man. That, that was actually a good movie. That's creepy. Uh, all right. So if we were to remake, again, this remake of The Wicker Man, <laughs> yeah. how would we do that? Uh, well, we would do that, first of all, uh, by recasting some of the lovely women in this film. Yes. As I mentioned earlier, we have Sister Beach, uh-huh. who is played by... What is that woman's name? She's very mannish. I don't know. She's got a low voice. Seems like she's taking steroids. I have no clue. Well, I'm going to replace her... I didn't know anybody except Lily Sobieski in this movie and Nick Cage. No, you knew Ellen, Ellen Burstyn. Burstyn. Yeah. There we go, three. There you go. Uh, right? Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's right. Yep. Well, Sister Beach uh, in my film will be recast with uh, Kristen Johnson, who I believe is uh, from Third Rock from the Sun. Uh-huh. You know her? Yeah. How about that? She's pretty good. She's kind of mannish. She's is it tall. Johnson? Kristen Johnson? Is, is that, that what it is? Now I have to look it up because I was doing it from memory and I may have miscast my recast. Is so it cut off your Johnson. <laughs> Jane Curtin. No, it's not Jane Curtin. Yeah, Kristen Johnson. Okay, Johnston. Cool. Okay, there yeah, you go. That's my problem. Awesome. Playing Sally Solomon. That's nice. Okay, cool. Sally. Uh, I've got a theme for mine. Sally. So that turned into a uh, nightmare before Christmas. The deadly nightshade you put in my... All right, I won't go. Uh, Sister Rose. <laughs> the blessing. The blessing. <laughs> Play ball. Um, Ellie Kempter is the actress's name. Oh, uh, you may know her from The Unbreakable, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt. She's playing uh, she's which character? Be, she's going to be my sister Rose. No, oh, she'll sister be the, the teacher up there. Sister she, Christian, know the time. She kind of has a pleasant good. smile, but when she gets serious, she's deadly serious this That's time. This time. <laughs> Never mind. Where'd that come from? My brain. My brain. <laughs> I, uh, dude, I use that every day in, in speech. People who don't haven't seen Scott Pilgrim don't appreciate it. Well, they obviously don't listen to this podcast. No, they don't. Lily Sobieski. Yes. The, uh, sister Honey. Handmaiden. Um <laughs> Handmaiden Padme. So, so you want you want somebody um, who um, maybe mm. doesn't look like there's a lot going on inside of her, her pretty little blonde head. Uh, doesn't have to speak a lot. Uh, just kind of has to be there. And then and then you get to see her get pummeled at the end by Nicolas Cage. And for me, Joel Bernson, uh, Kate Hudson. I'd like to see her in that role because uh, I'm not a fan of hers. And while I wish no harm to any woman, <laughs> um, if 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 only for pretend, uh, I would like to see Chris. Uh, damn it. Kate Hudson in that Kristen role. Bell. Kristen Bell. Kristen No, not my precious Kristen Bell. Okay. Willow. Willow. We're getting towards the end here. Not Willow Offgood, but uh, Willow. From the, Buffy. The ex-fiancé. Not her either. The fiancé of... Uh, my my fiancé of uh, <laughs> Nicolas Cage. All oh, the single ladies. All oh, the single ladies. <laughs> um, she always has a, a furrowed brow, and she's unable to speak clearly or loudly. 
uh, or in complete sentences. And that made me automatically think of uh, Kristen Stewart. Helen Keller. <laughs> <laughs> she just speaks all of her lines with her fist into your palm. Um, <laughs> Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a nice visual image. It's awesome. Kristen Stewart. Um from uh, the Twilight, Twilight series. Movies or Adventureland. Or, yes. Or the Snow White and the Huntsman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that her character gets written out of the sequel. What? Does it? Of Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh, really? It's the just sequel, the Huntsman? It's just the Huntsman. Oh, good. Even she, the people <laughs> they brought over back her, everybody. Except for her? Except for her and Did Bob Hoskins. Did she die off in the first movie or something? <laughs> in all fairness, Bob Hoskins is dead now. Uh. So, uh, no, she didn't die off. She won like the... So they tried to work it like it was a, a prequel. Okay. No Snow White. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Apparently, right. apparently there were some troubles on oh. the set with her. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, she keeps fucking the directors, doesn't she? Yeah, that's something a like that. That is that's hearsay. Problem. That's that's we don't we don't uh, subscribe to that on this. Uh, but it's subscribed to Editing Bay on iTunes. <laughs> nice. Ellen Burstyn. We're getting to the top here. Ellen Burstyn, who is mother. Uh, what what is her name? Sister, Sister Summerisle. Sister Summerisle. Sister Summerisle. Who uh, for some reason has like face paint, like she's going to a Mavs game. Or a Kiss concert. Or a Kiss concert. Half her face is blue, the other half is... <laughs> Mavs I don't get it. She's the Mavs man in this film. Dun, 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 but uh, dun, dun. how cool would it be to see uh, Dame Judi Dench in that same makeup? Dame Judi Dench? Having conversations with uh, Nicolas Cage. Or, in my film, Nicolas Cage will be recast by uh, none other than Matthew McConaughey. He's oh, wow. on a mission. Wow, a mission, a mission from Gad. To find, uh, to find his, his lost daughter. <clears throat> wow. Find, uh, what, what was his daughter's name from... Uh, from Interstellar. Murph. Murph. Hey, Murph. Hey, Murph. Are you Murph? <laughs> so there's my recast, and of course, all directed by M. Night Shyamalan. All right. Um, <laughs> Just okay, well, that. since this group had a hard time, and uh, some would say uh, unsuccessful at rebooting an old movie franchise just recently this summer, uh, I think director Paul Feig oh. and the cast of Ghostbusters oh, man. would come back oh, and shit. try to redo The Wicker Man oh. with uh, Kristen Wiig as Sister Rose. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's great. Leslie Jones as Sister Beach. Oh, that's great. Sister Honey, played by Kate McKinnon. Okay. Oh, I like that. Uh, and so then Sister Summer Isle, played by Melissa McCarthy. Interesting. Obviously, oh, I like that. Obviously, we, we got to bring in somebody else that's kind of, you know, a more familiar face, someone a little more gentle. Uh, Zoe Deschanel as Willow. Oh, I like that. And then Edward Malus, played by Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Oh, that's go. a great idea, dude. That's my uh, my recast and for The Wicker Man. Directed by Paul Feig. I that's why I said Paul Feig would All be right. bringing back the... Uh, God damn it, Joel, why don't you listen? <laughs> Guys, if you have any thoughts about our recasting, if you have any thoughts about what we had to say about this horrible, mm. horrible, mm. horrible mm. film. It's on Netflix. Watch uh, it for yourself. Yeah, you could share that on Facebook. Uh, let us know what you think about it. Just go to Facebook in the search function. Put in the editing bay. That's going to bring up an image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. That's us. Click on that. That's where you could talk back to us and let us know your thoughts about this movie. Uh, it is also uh, where you could give us suggestions for other movies that we could talk about oh, in the future. List. We have a long list. And uh, we're always looking for folks to, to PM us. Let us know uh, if you want to be part of our Russell or Wayne contest, yeah. uh, which we're going to be doing tonight. Let's do it. Um did you want to plug our website real quick? Or yeah, let's plug the this? website. If you it. anybody out there know what the website is, yell it to your podcast right now. Do it. Wait, we're listening. That's uh uh-uh. uh no, you were Whoa. wrong. Nope. Oh. There we go. That there was we go. it. Yeah, it's, that it's was it. Editingbay.com. Not the editing bay, not edit bay. Editingbay.com. Ooh, that's the first time this year I believe I've done that. Yeah. Remember I used to do that? I used to be used to do it all the time. They used to be your thing. Day. Yeah, you not should so get much a anymore. T shirt. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we should do that. In fact, we have T-shirts on our website, editingbay.com, uh, from our, our old live show there. But you can support the uh, the podcast that way. Buy yourself a lovely Editing Bay T-shirt. Uh, also, you can find links to our social networks there, the aforementioned Facebook page. And also, we have our Twitter handle. It is at The Editing Bay. Uh, if you ever forget it, go to editingbay.com, find all of our links, and support the show. Cool. All right, so this week, we have another contestant for Russell or Wayne. Nice. Guys, this is the contest where uh, we will pick somebody. Uh, who signs up for this contest, and Joel will represent them represent. in this contest where he must guess I whether must. or not he must. Mm-hmm. He has no choice. Is my charge. He must, he must determine <laughs> if this movie quote is from Kurt Russell or from John Wayne. And this is because my impression of John Wayne sounds just like my Kurt Russell, or would, my Kurt Russell I think sounds most like John Wayne. You got your Kurt Russell and my John Wayne. You got my John Wayne and your Kurt Russell. Bleh. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this time we're uh, we're playing for your brother, Joel. We are. We're Thank you, Lauren. Lauren Burnson, mm-hmm. uh, who I haven't talked to him yet. I I, I want to talk to him about illustrating my children's book. Ah, well, if you way. go to the uh, state fair, you'll see him there doing characters. Dude, I saw him do a, a what state was fair, it? Texas. A Rodimus, a hot rod. Yeah, that, that was cool? so kick ass. Mm-hmm. He's got the touch, man. He's got the power. Mm-hmm. When all hell's breaking loose, <laughs> He's he'll be right in the eye of the storm. That's right. Or in the heart of Texas <laughs> at the State Fair. Check him out. Lauren Burnson. He kind of looks like Big Tex. Dot com. So if you put a 10-gallon hat on him and a I don't think he looks like a sheriff's Dude, star. you know what? I had a really great time doing karaoke with your brother. That was fun, huh? Yeah. Thank you was, for coming out. That was good. Oh, no. It was my pleasure. That was, you ever done it in a really room fun. like that before? Yeah, that was... A little a, private room. I've done it in a room like Blah. that. Uh, that's actually the same room that I rented out for Sarah's birthday. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah, I felt a little dirty touching that uh, remote that everybody gets that's passed around. I think that's why it's covered in like plastic. I know, stuff. but is it weird that that makes it feel even dirtier? <laughs> no, <laughs> like if they would have just left it open and clean, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But the fact that there's this thin layer of uh, silicone between here's, me and my fingertips. Here's my thing mm-hmm. about, the, and I know like, we were about it's like to a do this, ca- a condom. We were about to do this condom. A ghost. I know we were about to do this contest, but what the fuck? Let's talk about let's talk about this karaoke place. I uh, I couldn't stay that long. Obviously, I stuck around, did a couple of songs, but then left. I had ordered food while I was <gasps> in the room. What I had ordered food didn't ever come. It never came out. Interesting. So I go and I pay my tab, and he has it on there. I'm like, hey, um, food never showed up. Uh-uh. And he's like, oh, do you want it now? And I'm like, I'm getting ready to fucking leave now <laughs> to he's go. Like, and he's like, okay, um, well then, could I just pay you back in cash? What? <laughs> Yeah. What kind of place is this? It's a weird Korean karaoke place. <laughs> okay, listening to your brother sing in like, Isn't that great? in Korean is Isn't that cool? Is, is it Korean or Japanese? No, it was Korean, yeah, man. That was legit insane. Mm-hmm. That you've seen so it all good. now. Yeah, no. You've that seen was, the Wicker Man and you've seen my brother sing Korean. That was so good. For a place that has like four books full of music, they sure didn't have anything that I knew. Uh, which was weird. Well, like, they had enough Katy Perry and Taylor Swift for my Taste, so that's all I care Their selection about. was very limited. It was. It was weird what they had. Okay. Well, what I have is a quote. <gasps> a movie quote that's either from Kurt Russell mm-hmm. or John Wayne. Let's hear it, buddy. So let's play. I'm ready. Russell or Wayne. Pain is how your body talks to you. You do well to listen to it. Is that quote mm. from Kurt Russell or John Wayne? Pain is how your body talks to you. You do well to listen to it. I mean, all, you, you, you do a good job of picking these lines because they could be said by either of them at it, any given time. Would in you any say of that the they could be said by done. either Russell or Wayne? Right, I know, but I mean, like, <laughs> if you go looking for clues in the words, as I oft do and, and want to do, uh, you're not going to find much there. Yeah. Because they both get beat up a lot. Mm-hmm. 
and they're talking to other people about pain. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that's Kurt Russell. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Woo! Do you know what movie? Overboard. Nope. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> it's from a movie called Bone Tomahawk. Oh, that's oh, this is the one that just came out like two it years ago. That's supposed to be out. fantastic, yeah, right? Sheriff Franklin Hunt. Did you was see the name it? of his character? I haven't seen it. I hear it's amazing. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> then I'll have to check it out sometime. Check it out. Congratulations, Lauren. Woo! Uh, what I have for you. Love it. Is a is what he's got. A, I said, remember that. I said, love it. It's what I got. I got, I got, I got, I got. Hey, Lauren, would you like to know what you've won? Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> well, he here, does sound just t- like me. So. Tell him what he's won. <laughs> okay, I will, Bob. Joe. All right. What we've got for you is a Blu-ray copy of Richard Linklater's Everybody Wants Some. Oh, since he doesn't have a Blu-ray player. What he, else you got? Does he not have a Blu-ray player? <laughs> it's okay because it comes with a digital HD code. Mm, you can that he can do. That. that he can do. Well, there we go. You will love well, it. Lauren, download the digital copy right. and then go to like movie trading company and Wait, trade the movie in. Is that legal? Yeah. Joe. Why? <laughs> why, why wouldn't that be legal? I'm just gonna do what they do in uh, Wicker Man and just like speak and it's and it's then okay. just like beg me to take take you with me. I don't know. Um, all right, guys. So uh, Joe, we uh, if you want to play Russell or Wayne yes. on a future episode, and who wouldn't? Uh, go ahead and send us a PM, or you could send us a uh, a direct message mm-hmm. on Twitter, but no uh, dick pics, whatever it is. No, well. Maybe. <laughs> if, I mean, if they're funny, if you're like, that's okay. Yeah, only the funny dick Only the funny ones. <laughs> but yeah, send us a message, let us know, and uh, and we'll get you in the hat, because there's no names in there right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could be... Anybody it, could uh, text and anybody be the could winner. Win. And we've got that's decent prizes to give away, and, man. if I might add, I'm on a pretty good track record here. I think I've won doing, three for three. You're doing really well. Right? You're, you're cheating. Nice. What? No, I'm not at I all. I know you're cheating. There's, how could I possibly cheat, Oh, Joe? there are ways. <laughs> I you, don't you, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. I could get you with nail polish. Uh, it's about three o'clock. All right. So uh, you know, speaking of Russell or Wayne, one of our previous winners, mm-hmm. Kyle Hall. Oh yes. Uh, he was awarded because you won for him. Yeah. He got a digital copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows, mm. and uh, which I heard was good. We had mentioned, like, hey, if you watch it, go ahead and do a review for us, and we'll play it on the podcast. And uh, that's something that I think we should do right now. We are nothing more than men of our words. So uh, let's hear what Kyle Hall had to say about uh, TMNT Part 2. Greetings, Editing Bay. This is Kyle, MarvelZombie616 on Twitter. And I'm here to give you an audio review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows, which I won from the Editing Bay podcast uh, during the Russell or Wayne contest. So here's my thoughts on the film. First of all, if you're familiar with the 2014 reboot or reimagining or update, whatever you want to call it, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Platinum Dunes, uh, they kind of took a weird step in a grittier direction. Uh, the Foot Clan was now paramilitary. The focus was very much on April O'Neil. But the one thing it did right that made it enjoyable to me was it got the characterization of the turtles right. Leonardo leads, Donatello does machines. Raphael is cool but crude, and Michelangelo was a party dude. So that piece of it, seeing the turtles in live action again, made it enjoyable. So now we fast forward a few years to the, to the uh, sequel, Out of the Shadows. And boy, is this an example of a studio really listening to what the fans wanted. The fans went on the internet after the first movie and really said, here's what it's missing. We need mutants. We need interdimensional aliens. We need Shredder to not be a Transformer. And the studio really listened. So in summary, the sequel, Out of the Shadows, is very much a version of the cartoon from the 80s 
brought to live action. You now have mutants, Bebop and Rocksteady. You have the focus being purely on the turtles as the main characters, not kind of second fiddle to April O'Neil. You have a more human shredder. You have Krang. You have Casey Jones. So what did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows do right? First and foremost, Foot Clan are ninjas again. They are no longer paramilitary. They are ninjas. And Shredder's a human ninja. He's not a man inside of a Transformer suit to fight the turtles. He is very much uh, a regular dude uh, who just happens to be really skilled at martial arts and is very intimidating. Uh, you have some mutants that step directly out of the cartoon onto the screen. Bebop and Rocksteady are perfectly translated, as is Krang. So now, what did Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows do wrong? Well, Shredder is one of the things I think they did wrong. Not his persona. He's perfect. His outfit is perfect. But in the third act of the movie, he's really relegated to a second a side character. In fact, he's hardly even present at the end of the movie. I felt like he should be the, the final villain that they face. But uh, some of the choices they made in the movie really step him off to the side. And Casey Jones. Well, I love Casey Jones. My favorite character from the Ninja Turtles universe. My favorite character from the 1990 movie. Uh, I don't like the updated origin. Uh, he went from being an ex-hockey player who was tired of the crime in his neighborhood who stepped out to become a vigilante to a disgraced corrections officer or police officer who decides to investigate two prisoners that went missing under his watch, which were Bebop and Rocksteady. So he wears the hockey mask once, but then he doesn't wear it anymore after that. And that's probably because you got Stephen Amell to play the character. you got a face, you want to show his face. But Deadpool and Judge Dredd, well, Dredd, have shown us that nowadays it's okay to keep the mask on if it's important to the character. So that updated origin bothered me a little bit. It's not terrible. Didn't ruin the film, but it did bother me a little bit. So overall, this movie is, is pretty darn good. If you enjoy the 80s Ninja Turtles cartoon, that's what you're getting. You're getting it on screen. You're getting physics no longer apply. You're getting uh, dimensional aliens and mutants and and ninjas, and it feels like it should if that's what you want. Now, if you love the direction that the 2014 was kind of stepping in, slightly more realistic, there's happened to have turtles in it, you might not like this as much. But I have a feeling that most people will feel this is the better film of the two because it really does capture that fun that the Ninja Turtle should be, and overall, it's a really good time. Anyway, thanks again, guys, for the, for the movie. I really appreciate it. I really had a good time watching it, and uh, everybody keep listening to Eddie Bay because these guys are great. Thanks again. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, Appreciate man. that. Maybe Lauren will give us a review of Everybody Wants Some. Nice little shout-out. That'd be nice. You know, I kind of, I kind of like that. I, I hope this is a bit that we can keep doing because I like to hear from the listeners. Yeah, not too much, though. What they're... <laughs> you want to, they can't take our talk time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel, your own fucking podcast, I feel, Kyle. I feel like Kyle's review of the movie was way more cohesive than most of our podcast. Well, especially this episode. It's, it's kind really, of a juxtaposition. It's really tough. It's really tough when you and I take like weeks off and then like try to come back in here. I'm, and, I'm getting the hit loud and clear. We'll um, do it next week. Don't you know, worry. I'll be here. <laughs> are you sure? Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. So uh, next week, yeah. this is my pick. Um, a while back, I teased a movie and was like, you know, we're going to watch this. And I think you were going to go out of town. And this was something that I, th I thought like Jeff and I could watch. And then we ended up not doing it. Mm. I want to come back to it Ooh. because um, it's uh, it's a movie that gets a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of heat. And you might even say that this was the movie that kind of started the decline of this actor's career. Is it heat? Uh, yes, <laughs> it's heat. <laughs> Talking about Tom Sizemore, guys. Oh. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, I want us to watch The Last Action Hero. Oh, shit, yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, ah. Kind of, in a way, playing himself, but this kid going into the movie screen and uh, becoming part of the story. Uh, it's. 
I, th- I feel like it is both a nightmare and also <laughs> a dream for people like us that love film, love movies, and love to tear them apart. How much, how how awesome would it be to be able to tear it apart from the inside out? Ew. Uh, and so that's what we're it's going. Disgusting. <laughs> I wasn't trying to go there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, last action hero next week right here on the editing bay. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Joel, always a pleasure. <laughs> I don't know why that was Fat Albert <laughs> or Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> My laugh. Your is regular laugh sounds more like Seth Rogen. Into that. Yeah, exactly. Right, well, yeah. you spend five days in Austin. That'll happen to you, guys. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.